Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, Hempster. Welcome to another inspirational hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. Tyler Hemp here, your hempreneurial host, here to hemp power and hemp educate your hemposphere because it's important. And as you may know, we love to discuss the benefits and uses of industrial hemp for food and homes and clothing and energy applications and so much more. And so thank you so much for investing your valuable time with us today. I, I think you're going to love this conversation I'm about to have with my good buddy, Dion Mark Graff, longtime hemp cannabis expert, educator, entrepreneur, and in my opinion, a living legend in the hemp world. I'm super excited to have him on today because I've, I've had a dream for over 16 years to have my own beautiful, healthy hemp house, my beloved hempress, and that's exact, uh, exactly what we're going to be talking about today, hemp homes, building with hemp. Uh, if you tuned in to the last episode with Tommy from Hempitecture, uh, you'll pick up on our pattern here. I, I just feel so inspired and ready to start uh, really diving in and talking about this topic a lot more since it can so positively impact so many areas of our lives. Uh, which we're going to cover today. Uh, but for those of you who may not have heard of Dion, uh, Dion Mark Graff has more than 29 years of experience in the cannabis and hemp industry and has achieved many firsts in these industries, including founding Europe's first hemp store called Cannabis in Amsterdam in 1993, as well as being an integral part of creating the Cannabis College of Amsterdam. Uh, he also worked with General Hemp, a privately uh, held equity company that uh, hugely influenced and fostered the start of the CBD industry in the USA and around the world. I really could go on forever about how cool Dion is and all the great stuff that he's done, but for the sake of time, I'd love to get this party started so we can dive into our most important topic ever. So without further ado, welcome aboard to the Hemp Education Station for Every Nation, Mr. Dion. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I love it. Cool, man. So, yeah, you and I actually got to uh, see each other again over in Idaho and catch them at at the U.S. Hemp Building Association's partnered uh, event with Hempitecture, which is really awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to see the progress and having visited a couple of hemp structures was really fulfilling. Um, but before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, could you share some of uh, your most favorite accomplishments and uh, some cool things about your cannabis uh, history and background, where you come from? And I know you've been on the show once before, but for those who maybe have not um, met you or, or heard of you, kind of what your, your integral part in the hemp world has been, some of your favorite accomplishments. Well, uh, yeah, it's been a long road, uh, but you covered some of them. You know, uh, it was cool opening uh, the first hemp store in Europe uh, the, in Amsterdam called the CIA Cannabis in Amsterdam. And it, I also at the same time coincided starting the High Times Cannabis Cup in my store uh, for sort of like the grand opening. And then, yeah, starting the Cannabis College because, you know, as we know that the whole hemp uh, evolution and revolution is about education. You know, once people mm-hmm. know and have the option to choose hemp, uh, they they should or could or would, you know. 
And mm-hmm. other than that, uh, I opened the first medical cannabis dispensary in San Diego in 97 after the law passed. Um, it was, yeah, it wasn't easy. And I ended up getting prosecuted many times. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and I helped, you know, uh, get the legalization happen here in California with Prop 64. And it was, mm-hmm. I played a big part in the beginning of the hemp CBD, you know, importing it from Europe here in San Diego was like the, the, the birthplace of commercializing hemp CBD. And so I was, uh, mm-hmm. was, even though it was a very odd uh, way everything happened and unfolded, um, I'm yeah. happy that, you know, that's become a big successful uh, part of hemp and cannabis. So Most I guess certainly. those are the main things. Yeah. But I'm super happy uh, where I am now in, you know, concentrating and uh, working on hemp construction. I think it's of all the things I've done in my whole history, uh, this is, you know, probably the most important or, you know, as important as anything I've ever done, especially with the sort of precarious ecos, you know, position we're in. Absolutely. And that that was actually my next question. Out of all the things that you could be focused on, I mean, from, you know, all the thousands and thousands of, of opportunities that hemp provides, you're inspired for whatever reason and, and love to put your attention into this building with hemp. Can, can you talk a little bit more about that and what inspires you to, to put your love and attention on building with hemp? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I've known about it ever since the early 90s when, you know, I was publishing information about building with hemp. But I've always been, you know, sad that it hasn't taken off. And I just, you know, again, with our eco crisis, and it just seems like such an important no brainer way to change the whole paradigm of, you know, shifting the number one problem environmentally, which is uh, construction. It's the biggest source of pollution, mm-hmm. something like 46% mm-hmm. of all the CO2 in America is produced through construction, whereas all the combined transportation is 33%. And so to flip right. that from a carbon huge problem into hopefully a carbon sequestering solution, you know, sequestering Mm -hmm. CO2 will help harmonize and change the paradigm of where we are. And I'm sure it's going to happen. You know, I'm very confident it's going to happen, but um, it's just needs to happen quickly and we need to get going now because we're, you know, it's, We've probably gone past the point, but, you know, Mm -hmm. is our best hope of, uh, yeah, of our survival and many, many species survival. I agree. And one of the biggest teachings that I think is on the planet and pretty much every kind of spiritual practice or religious practice is 
it's it's not so much what you're doing out in the world, but what are you doing in your own home? And and peace really starts within your within yourself. You know, I look at our, our physical bodies as our home, but then we have our physical home that we live in day to day with the four walls, and then we've got this earth as our home, and then we've got this universe as our home. And so it's, it, I love that concept of just bringing it home, which is what, you know, one of the documentaries on building hemp houses was called Bringing It Home. And so, yeah, and, and the word home actually comes from the Greek word ikos, which is where the word eco comes from. So when you think of like economy or ecology or ecosystem, it all has to do with home, our home. And so by increasing the value of the of the quality of our home experience we're going to dramatically i think create a paradigm shift ultimately in our consciousness how we're you know our the health of our bodies the health of our minds and um, the health of our, our environment so it's, it's it's very exciting definitely the most exciting topic for me right now as well and um, to kind of go down that vein of helping make it hempen with all this building stuff you guys um have developed the hemp, U.S. Hemp Building Association, of which you're the vice president now, and uh, got a really great team of, of people spearheading this association. Can you tell us a little bit about the vision and, and mission of the U.S. Hemp Building Association? Yeah, we've just uh, gotten going. Um, you know, the, where the industry is today, there's, you know, not that many companies and there's not that many um homes being built at the moment so you know by creating this association we can help each other uh, and network and uh, help each other and drive consumerism because you know that's the bottom line people need to know how mm -hmm. and why to live in hemp homes and why it's superior in so many ways that really, you know, developing the, the whole market, and that's where we're at. So we're at the beginning stages, and we're mm -hmm. trying to incorporate, uh, you know, what's out there and to facilitate growth in all the different areas. And, you know, uh, construction in America is a $1.3 trillion per year industry. So there's lots of money. Wow. And, uh you know, money is really what changes things. And so we have to, yeah. you know, you know, show and prove uh, that it makes economic sense in so many uh, meanings of the word that we need mm -hmm. to, you know, use this material. Exactly. And, and it's, on not, that same, it's not just yeah. the, it's not just also, you know, for the, the construction of the home, you know, also particle board, plastic, activated carbon, mm -hmm. you know, all these. They, basically, the hemp plant is a raw material for, you know, so many basic uses. And that's really mm -hmm. where we need to, you know, give the the business world this, you know, better, cheaper uh, option that, you know, yeah. helps us in so many ways. Exactly, yeah. I know kind of the four main focuses on, on the ushba.org website is education, communication, connections, and advocacy. And so you guys are helping build that bridge from the builders to the 
homeowners or people that are desiring to own a home and give both sides that level of education that they would need to make a, an educated decision on working with hemp. And once they see the benefits and, and value and how easy it is to work with, it's going to be a no-brainer. So yeah. one, one of and, the other things know, that I realized – yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I just think that, you know, the level of education in hemp is so high at the moment, you know, especially historically speaking, you know, with that Internet. And now that we just legalized hemp and CBD being so popular – you know, people are finding out that hemp is is a construction material, but now we need to sort of get that those products out there to the masses and have right. it be an option. And so, exactly, yeah, that's that's basically where we're at. Awesome, and and that the education industry actually the online education industry based on like 2018 numbers is a 108 billion dollar industry a year so not only do you have this 1.3 trillion dollar construction industry to uh influence and and to inspire people to switch over but you know there's so much education that needs to happen or that could happen um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's money there to help make this float. You know, they call it currency for a reason because it makes things float. It's like a current. <laughs> um, there you go. So Let's get it flowing. Exactly. So w- what are some of your favorite methods? Um, there's several different methodologies for building hemp homes, you know, the spray crete and um, the pour method. What What's um, – and then you've got hemp fiber board, like MDF board, and now there's like this hemp wood product and insulation. And out of uh, all the different products that you've worked with and seen on the market, what are some of your, your favorite methodologies uh, of building with hemp? Uh, well, I would be excited to work with the brick if it was more readily available here just uh, because, you know, it's quick and um, – yeah, easy, and but uh, at the moment there's really only been the sort of flow um, hempcrete style uh, that is available so far. The hemp wood particle board has just come on the a market uh, with a company out mm-hmm. of Orange County called uh, Hemp Traders and a division called Canna Grove. And they have, mm-hmm, yeah. I think, three, three different uh, types of particle board, which is exciting. And there's yeah. a new one out of Kentucky called Hemp Wood. And that mm-hmm. one is like, wow. It's I just uh, at the summit got a, my first piece, and I'm holding it in my hands mm-hmm. right now. And nice. it's just so amazing. So, supposedly, it's 20% stronger than oak which is a very strong wood and you know holding it in your hand you could you know start to believe it and so I've seen pictures on their website of like four by four you know um, yeah pieces that I think wow this is really going to be game-changing material and you can watch a video of their machine that makes it and it's just really the raw stocks going in there 
and getting crunched with their, you know, I suppose preparatory method and, you know, binder. But, you know, this is really one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I know, agree, it's that yeah. kind of thing that we need. I agree. Yeah, it's it's super dense. I mean, the 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 weight of it is just almost unbelievable. How how dense they can get it. The strength seems mm-hmm. incredible. Like you say, when you just hold it in your hand, it's uh, truly truly amazing how how wood like it is. Um, it does. I like then, yeah. looking at it. It looks so woody, and it's got the rings yeah. from being compressed. And then I've seen on the mm-hmm. on the internet a picture of it really nicely polished in bowls that look pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and the, yeah. the Canagrove product, also a phenomenal product for subflooring or cabinetry and speakers and mm-hmm. different custom carpentry projects. We've actually uh, partnered with, with Lawrence at Hemp Traders and Canagrove, and we also offer on Bulk Hemp Warehouse the three different sizes that they're – Four by eight sheets, but they come in the half inch and the three quarter inch, uh, with two different versions of the half inch. There's a 29 pound density and 39, which you know for those that need a little more strength. Um, but it's it's these are just amazing products, and yeah. I, I totally agree. I I, um, I haven't actually had as much um, experience, you know, working with hemp construction. I'm I'm not a builder, um, <clears throat> and I kind of live out in the woods, so I don't have too much opportunity getting into hemp building projects, but that's, that's definitely changing. Um, and I know you've definitely worked on quite a few different projects and, and visited a few. How many hemp houses would you guess like are on the earth right now? I mean, France has really taken the lead, I think, when it comes to hemp homes, but how many homes yeah. do you think in total are, are currently on earth made of hemp? Yeah, that's a a really interesting question. Uh, We're hopefully soon going to publish on. Oh, cut out, Uh, Lucia. Can you hear me, Mr. Dion? Hello. Can you hear me? Okay, there you are. Uh, I can hear. Oh, sorry, I dropped my phone. (laughs) I was getting too excited. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so we're You're hoping about to publish, to publish yeah, mm-hmm. on our website, an interactive map of uh, all the hemp homes in America, which I guess to me, there's between 40 and 50. Uh, in mm-hmm. Canada, I'm going to guess there's another maybe 30 or 40. Um, in Mexico, just a handful, if that. Uh, but around mm-hmm. the world, yeah, definitely France would be the most with uh, what I I, 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 I was asking Alex uh, Sparrow about that question. Mm-hmm. So he says many, mm-hmm. a, a thousand in, say, France, uh, mm-hmm. a few hundred in Great Britain, you know, a few mm-hmm. in Ireland, surprisingly not that many in Germany which I would think there mm-hmm. would be more, but yeah. quite a few in Poland. There's some good uh, Polish uh, hemp companies. And, of course, Sergei, mm-hmm. our friend in the Ukraine, he's uh, done mm-hmm. quite a few, and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So I would guesstimate, you know, Europe, 
uh, I don't know, 2000, maybe. And then, you know, in Africa, I know of at least two, uh, Tony Budden's house in uh, Cape Town. And he also Mm -hmm. helped build a a soup kitchen out of hemp in Soweto in one of the townships. And they're actually also uh, distribute hemp seed uh, oil, and it apparently has made a huge difference nutritionally in the in the neighborhood that they noticed. And then there's quite a few in Australia. I'd say you know maybe up to a hundred, I'm guessing, and then a few Mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Right. And in South America, uh, I know at least one, our friend Stephen Clark from Heaven Grown uh, right. in Mexico, he built mm-hmm. a hemp classroom for the ex-president of Uruguay on his agricultural school uh, farm. He built a hemp classroom with him. That is so cool. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So it's 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 tiny, but it's growing fast. And I, I would right. I, I would say <laughs> it's uh yeah. And I have a few more questions that I'll get to on that in, in a little bit. But so is there much of a history based on on your research and knowledge of building with hemp other than um you know the the last. 50 years of hemp building like is there ancient history that you're aware of of any cultures that have built with hemp that we've discovered or has it pretty much been like fiber products that are like clothing and twine and kind of medicinal side of things uh no the answer is that we've been building with hemp throughout time and every mm-hmm. or mo- a lot of civilizations around the world um uh, like the Romans and the Roman aqueducts. Uh, there's, yeah, case a lot of things that have survived around the world. I know there's a famous 500-year-old house in Japan or maybe 600-year-old mm-hmm. house in Japan, so you can see on the Internet. Uh, there was an interesting, um, I think, the, the best-documented oldest one that I'm aware of is these uh, famous uh, caves in India where there was a whole um, let's say like temple city type configuration in a cave and uh, one section was used you know the hemp line technology and another section right next to it who uh, use the same technology but not hemp and uh, over 1500 years there had been zero degradation on the hemp one and the non-hemp one was like 25% degradation so basically wow. you know we've been build, building with plants and lime throughout time uh, even if people know Balboa Park here in San Diego uh, which was mm-hmm. built 100 years ago for the World's uh, Fair, is uh, made in part with hemp. And uh, huh. it was actually, uh, the park was built as 
temporary construction and it's lasted, wow. you know, pretty perfectly the last hundred years. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Which also I speculate the tr- the main train station downtown is too, just because it was built at the mm. same time by the same builder. Mhm. Mhm. Very cool. Well, yeah. ironically, I live in in a place where it um, in the little town that I'm in. It's near a place called McLeod, California, which is right near Mount Shasta. And in this little town that I'm living in, it was built by Masons. And supposedly the person that spearheaded the buildings and projects here was William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> so there was no hemp involved. <laughs> right. He, uh, partnered, well, yeah. he partnered with uh, Abner Weed, who's you know the, the founder of Weed California, but – Interesting history because we're reviving and the phoenix is rising from the ashes here. That's for sure. Well, you'd be surprised, you know. It was common in so many products that are sort of overlooked by history or not accentuated. Like everything, of course, ropes, but even like tea bags and things in couches and you know, you know, just things that weren't on the surface. And when it came to construction. You know, hemp is not cheap historically, so it's not like mm-hmm. they would add the the fibers, uh, which I think they did more than say the herd. They would add the fibers yeah. just for strengthening up the their mix. Mm-hmm. Right, because there's not much strength in the herd fiber. The tensile strength really comes from the bast or outer bark fiber of the plant, right? Right. And you know, historically speaking, the, the the fiber was super valuable, so they would pull that out. Yeah. And the leftover, which still has some fiber, I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tech-wise, we try to get it below three percent, or you know, mm-hmm. it's debatable exactly, but you know, a low amount of fiber, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mostly hurt. Is the reason why you want to have a cleaner herd for your hempcrete because it will not be as absorbent for the lime to kind of impregnate all of the cellulose? Like, does having the long fiber in there make it less strong or something? Uh, I Well, um, when it comes to your question more about its cleanliness, I think has more to do with its breathability. You know, like uh, mm. transporting uh, air and uh, water, which is mm-hmm. really magical properties. But when it comes to yeah. the fiber, uh, I think that's more like a modern thing where it, with the today's mixers, it, it'll tend to uh, ball up the okay. hemp, you know, when it's getting mixed. So I, I'm okay. pretty sure that's the, some of the, the logic in there. Right, because, yeah, one of the biggest challenges right now is 95-plus percent of the U.S. farmers that are growing hemp are growing for CBD, which we know Mm -hmm. is a very low-quality fiber product. It's obviously grown for its cannabinoid production, so those stalks are a lot more branchy, harder to process. They don't have as good of a quality of fiber, Um, but all these farmers are now left with all these extra stocks just kind of in piles on their farms 
And, you know, we get three to five calls a day of people asking for us to buy their stocks, but there's really no solution mm-hmm. at this point. It would be great to have a maybe a mobile decorticator or start experimenting with some of these um, these CBD stocks to see if they could be used for hempcrete. What, what is your experience or uh, opinion on that? Uh, well, a few things. Uh, the, there can and will and has been a marriage of both. You know, you can have the fiber and the um, the CBD. So the first CBD really came out of Holland and uh, a company called Dunagro, which is also the source mm-hmm. of the hemp herds we use. But, of course, they're using mm-hmm. very low percentage um, varieties. So I think that just the, the two need to be married up. Uh, and as far as the stuff that exists today, there are, um, you know, small-scale decoder uh, decodication machines coming out of Europe. And, um, you know, that's a little bit of a, a kind of holy grail because, you know, it could be, you know, done on little regional uh, levels. But really, mm-hmm. you know, to be efficient, you probably need, like, say, one good-sized one. Um, Permanent structure. Say, like, yeah, in a, a farming area of two or 300 square miles, hopefully you have mm-hmm. one central one that does at least, a, let's say, a ton an hour or, or more. Exactly. You know, and because then it's just, yeah, you're just separating it into all its different, you know, useful um yeah properties and you mm-hmm. can do it on a scale that makes it doable you know all right yeah, industrial machinery in in america mm-hmm. and around the world is really on such a huge scale that you know right. you need you know a huge amount to feed into these things or it's not economically viable huh. and that's really where yeah. we're at you know we're, we're right in that in between period and mm-hmm. so there's one yeah. that just has come online in Pennsylvania. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a little one in uh, Montana. Um, mm-hmm. So there's starting to be little ones around the country, and that's what we need, yeah. basically. Exactly. You know, I would say we need like a thousand or, or more all over the country, you know, ASAP. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, incidentally, there's a great opportunity up here in Weed, California. Um, actually, in McLeod, there's an old lumber mill that's being repurposed, and they're very much open to having a hemp processing plant. So it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's probably 20 miles from uh, the five freeways, so it's not too far out for you know trucks um, to haul in and out. But um, I would love to see one up here for all the the farmers that are interested in growing because uh, all the farmers up in Northern California are, are not savvy when it comes to cannabinoid production. And, and they're kind of, uh, to be polite, still, you know, stuck in the old world thinking of reefer madness, but they are open to the industrial side of things. You know, they, uh-huh. they want to see the fiber construction. So that I think this will be a Mecca of hemp building in the near future. Um, but to, to kind of get into the, the nitty-gritty and to share with our listeners, like, how to work with hempcrete. You've obviously built a tiny home 
on wheels and worked on several different projects over the years. What's the typical ratio when it comes to the, the water, the herd, and the, and the lime, and how easy is it to work with hempcrete? It is pretty easy. You know, it's like um, in some ways it's like baking a cake, you know. You could mess up easily, but if you, right. you know, you know, practice a little and, you know, stick to the formula, then, mm-hmm. yeah, then it, it it's pretty easy. And, like, uh, we just had a class on uh, Saturday here in Vista working on my tiny house. And, you know, after, like, yeah, you know, a very short time, people were in charge of the mix themselves. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, it's super easy, and you know, it's a really low tech. Uh, as far as yeah, it doesn't. It's safe. Um, it's yeah, it's much better in a lot of ways. But it can't. It you know, doing it the the form style, it is labor intensive. So you do need. Mm quite a few people ideally to help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doing the what we call tamping, sort of pressing down um the mix. And And compacting it into the wall. Right. So in that way, you know, it's also a nice, you know, it goes back to the old style of, you know, sort of community, you know, build or, you know, helping each other. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so with a big amount of people I had Saturday, I would say we had, like, 12 people. We did more in four hours than four of us uh, being paid in three days of work. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so Oh, yeah. That's, yeah that's you get so a, a, kind of a line going and just get get that flow going. It happens fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as there's a, a ratio of water, the herd mix, uh, the binder, which can, you know, vary, you know, in composition a little bit and the herd. So it's mm-hmm. one part herd and mm-hmm. 1.5 parts by weight of the binder. And mm-hmm. then, uh, um, the same with the water. So after it's, you know, translating it, usually I do it by buckets. You know, you get a little system mm-hmm. down. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's like four buckets of hemp to um, uh, one, bo- uh, one bucket of water, one bucket of binder. Okay. So, you know, the hemp, the herd is like the mass. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Except the most volume, and then yeah, and it's amazing the whole water hemp, you know, uh, interaction, and then again, mm. and then as far as like how it'll breathe it in, and you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, the way you know people know about hemp is you know you got this uh, long, tall plant that's growing at you know. A, quite a rate, you know, in three or four months, it can grow like, say, t- 12 feet. And the whole activation of that growth 
and bringing water up the stock and the mm-hmm. stock itself, you know, composition wise, holding its structure. It's that, 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 that element that becomes so, uh, what makes hemp superior in so many ways Yeah, to other materials. Right. Yeah. The, the 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 literal matrix of the cellulosic fibers helps with the breathability, with the absorption, right. the, the permeability of the wall. So, I mean, we've we, you've you've seen it, and you, we've heard educators talk about how you know you you see a, a small community of homes, and I think it might have been um, Sparrow or or possibly. Um, um, one one of the speakers at the last event talked about a, a sort of community of homes that were like green building home examples, I think, in the U.K., and everybody was flocking to the hemp house because it was like 90 degrees outside, but in the hemp house it was like nice right. and cool because it's just – it automatically regulates the temperature. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many amazing uh, elements or factoids to the construction you know, the fact that it keeps uh, humidity at a, a range between 40 and 60% all the time, no matter what's going mm-hmm. on outside, you know, mm-hmm. and just, a, you know, a comfortable range and a healthy range of living. It, you know, yeah. that, and that all occurs because it's constantly breathing, you know. Yeah. It is pretty I love amazing. it. You're like, it's like, living in such an organic natural environment just it's it's so exciting to think about i can't wait till we all have our own hemp houses um yeah so and you know and i'm working towards uh you know when we're more questioning when something isn't made out of hemp you know you'll be like that's that's not made out of hemp that's weird (laughs) exactly that'll be the day so yes. that that's great. Just to kind of reiterate the ratio. It's like one part uh, herd to 1.5 parts binder to 1.5 parts water. Is that correct? Right. But again, you know, uh, when you then Depends you talk the, about the volume yeah. and the and the, the weight are, you know, it's kind of deceiving. You know. You know. Okay. Uh, the volume of hemp is so big, but by weight, right. because it's light. By weight, it, yeah. It's a little it bit. Takes up five it's hard bucks. to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Whereas one bucket of water to five buckets. But yeah, it sounds like it's less, but by volume, it's more. By weight, it's less. So it makes sense. Right. Yeah. And of course, and you know what's phenomenal super cool? Uh, yeah. Uh, just how, um, again, back to the breathing, and, you know, the whole uh, chemical thing is it's turning back to stone over time, Mm. so it's slightly getting better over time, and it's breathing in 20% by weight more CO2. So, Mm -hmm. you know, literally the more we can do, the you know, the better for all of us. So the walls will literally continue to sequester CO2 even after the plants have been pulled out of the ground and processed, you're saying. That's cool. Right. So, yeah, freeze it in. Awesome. 
So when it comes to working with hemp, you said it's it's pretty easy. It's like baking a cake. You you could get the formula wrong, but once you get the mm-hmm. hang of it and work with it a while, you kind of can understand if you need a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. You can kind of get your recipe down and, and get the hang of it. But what are some of the precautions that people might need to take when working with hempcrete? I know lime can be pretty um, caustic, like to the skin. What what sort of preparations totally. do you need or precautions? Uh, yes, when you're near to mixing it, probably wearing eye gear so it doesn't get in your eye. That lime definitely is, yeah, super uh, harsh that you need to wear gloves. Um, when I was building my hemp home for Earth Day, the one on wheels, you know, I went, you know, I was trying to bust it out in a couple of days and I really messed up my fingers, uh, yeah, ignoring, you know, because you could get mm-hmm. blisters easily with construction, especially someone like me who's not used to it. And then, right. yeah, so that's a, a big concern. But like failing wise, a big issue is back to the herd that, you know, uh, it has to be the right specs. Like mm-hmm. um, I got some of the Chinese herd from uh, Larry at Hemp Traders to see if mm-hmm. we could use that. And the particular one he had this time when we got it here, we realized that the the herbs were too big and the, there was too mm. much fiber. Oh, wow. So okay. no, yeah, we couldn't use it. Oh, I wow. mean, it could still That's be further know. processed. Yeah. So what's yeah. the ideal size be... for the herd? Um, well, you'd get a little bit of debate, but uh, I would say just, a, a, you know, I would say like a quarter inch to an inch, you know, there's sort of a range. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one thing with the U.S. HBA that we're working on is all the sort of technical uh, data, you know, for for. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, the size and the cleanliness and the fiber, the fiber content of mm-hmm. the herd. And then when it comes to the binder and the lime, that it needs to be in the range of, you know, sort of X, Y, and Z. And so that's, that's all the, like, the nitty-gritty legwork that we're really is going to, once we have it done, will push us on another level and make it easier yeah. because at the moment everyone's got to sort of push through your own building code, uh, local government regulations versus, right. you know, a sy- systemic thing like they have in Europe. And that's why the mm-hmm. you know, industry's doing a lot better at this point. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, t- you mentioned the tiny house, um, on wheels, tell us a little bit more about that project. Is that different from what you're doing currently with the other tiny home? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to basically do well. These have just been like examples, especially the first mm-hmm. uh, trailer I did. Um, the first tiny house hemp house on wheels in the world. I would I was had an event at Earth Day here in San Diego. And I wanted to show 
um, the power of hempcrete. And uh, basically, you know, we decided, you know, if we could tow something in and out would be the best. And it sort of, you know, evolved into what we did. And without much planning or uh, forethought, we did, we probably spent a week about planning. We built it in one day. And then in two days of a lot of people helping do the hempcrete, we we got about 95% finished, which, you know, this was a, this is an eight by 22 foot trailer with like wow. 10 foot, 10 foot high ceilings. And that's awesome. probably a, yeah seven inch wall. So, you know, I didn't, you know, I was all new yeah. to the whole thing. So I didn't really think through the weight, which, you mm. know, luckily it, it's it, a lot of load. It, it was, it, it, but it worked out, you know, and so okay. we finished at one one in the morning, uh, and we drove it down the road to the park at four in the morning. So with just you know three hours cool. of setting, you know, went down the road. Yeah. And, you know, wow. to go down a road with the house is like the ultimate earthquake test. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah, so it really is structurally unbelievable material, you know, and it really is. Where is it located Tremendously earthquake. It's at my house. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Actually, uh, uh, you know, when I give classes, you know, uh, here, I, you know, that's a big part of it. I actually had my first uh, people stay the night this last weekend, and and they loved it. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah. Do you I'll probably plan on showing it soon, or what, when's the next event that you're going to be doing to, to showcase one of the tiny homes? I'm going to start doing them every month here in Vista at my place. Cool. And okay. then hopefully uh, do them around that event. Uh, I'm trying to arrange to build a tiny house in front of everyone at the Emerald Tuff. Uh, okay. which is in a month away in Santa Rosa. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that will work out. But at the next NOCO, for sure, we're going to have our own stage and our own area, and we're going to build a tiny house on wheels. Awesome. And basically I hope to have a, you know, some kind of option for people to do at events all over the country. That sounds great. Yeah, once again, it goes back. <laughs> yeah, and believing is seeing, too. It goes both ways. When we when we believe it enough, then we're going to see it, too, just, you know, especially when it comes yeah. to these industry. Um, so what um, you have mentioned, you know, on upwards of 2,000-plus hemp houses around the world, what other mm-hmm. uh, hemp structures have you had the chance to visit around the world? I have gone to the first American hemp house. Uh, well, the first American hemp used in a house in Kentucky. Uh, mm. So that's a little bit of a historic one. Um, locally mm-hmm. sourced herd. Um, let's 
see. I guess I've been to, uh, you know, the ones in Denver. Uh, a friend of ours built the first permanent one in Denver. Uh, I visited various uh, tiny house uh, ones, like in Colorado. There's a handful. Um, you know, of course, the ones we just visited in Idaho were pretty incredible. Like that. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a big forget how many square couple thousand square foot home that basically mm-hmm. has no air conditioner and never gets above a certain temperature throughout the summer i think said 72 degrees yeah um, when it can be 95 no, outside or you outside, yeah and all his neighbors have air conditioning you know he does right um yeah, I think those are the main ones. Of course, I've visited uh, Rome and and seen uh, the, all the ruins there, but I just did, guess I didn't realize that it was made out of hemp or Amazing. made with hemp. Right. Yeah. So what would you say um, are some – so in terms of like up the countries that are leading the way in, in hemp building, definitely France. Uh, you know, with ISO Shones and um, the different uh, hemp companies that are leading the way, what other countries would you say are um, kind of the leaders in hemp building right now? Definitely Great Britain. You know, Prince Charles has made a home with hemp. Uh, they have government buildings going up all over the place. Uh, they made a, the, a supermarket, Marks and Spencers, which is one of their, you know, sort of like upper level type um, supermarket or more like maybe like a Nordstrom's type thing. Uh, right. And there's actually people can look up. Uh, there's a show called Grand Design by the BBC. Like it's a famous program that's been going on for years about uh, just building in general, and they're the guy's favorite material is hemp, and they've done quite a few shows on it, including a whole mm-hmm. sort of apartment block, or you know like condo type. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Kevin really McLeod, Britain. Is that his name? I think yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah, he was he was in bringing it home too, the hemp building documentary, right? Right. One of his projects. <clears throat> so um, yeah, and, you know, so, and yeah, Europe's that, a little bit okay. uh, head more ahead with uh, you know like eco building in general, and you know with government mm-hmm. assistance. Uh, but all that's coming too here. I mean, there is no future without it. You know, California has all these lofty CO2 goals, all these lofty uh, environmental goals. Like here in San Diego, we've already voted to be zero waste. And, you know, construction is the number one source of waste. And another attribute of hemp is zero waste. You know, that's, you know, a good part of this is the hempcrete that is left over or not used to go into your garden or you can Mm -hmm. tear the hempcrete out and remix it and reuse it. So there really is, you know, 
yeah, it's no other material like it really. And uh that's so cool. Yeah. And you know, here in California we need three point five million homes just to like break even. And you know what I was thinking, I don't know if you saw recently I think within the last few months there was a, a, a global study of how many trees we would need to plant to equal out the, our environmental crisis. And you know, it was several billion. No, I mean more to like wow. level out the whole CO2. Oh, how, you CO2 know, how many? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How many uh, trees would we need to plant? And that got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Is like how many homes do we have to build just using hemp yeah. that to equal that, you know, quickly and address a, a, yeah, address a, a huge need that the world has, which is you know home, housing, you know, what you know here in California we have this huge housing crisis and homelessness, you know, it's yeah. more expensive that it costs. Thirty to forty thousand dollars a year per year per homeless person. You know, it's wow. much cheaper to put them in a house, you know, or a yeah. home. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that you know. That's mm-hmm. why I was telling. Uh, so, well, one thing I was just you know this whole organization I've been a part of now and getting it going. It's just good for me therapeutically because I feel like I'm going crazy with this whole subject that, you know, the, the, and it's just, yeah, good to get this, you know, word out there and change things. Totally. It's driving me crazy. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that said, that kind of segues into my next question, which is what, what are some of the biggest opportunities for professionals or entrepreneurs or, you know, contractors, architects, just anybody either in the building industry, the green building industry, or even like ancillary kind of side businesses that somehow affect this industry. What what's, what are some of the biggest opportunities that you see that could be filled right now? Well, that's a very good question. On the macro level, like finance-wise, anyone that could finance uh, processing machines, uh certification you know if you get your material certified you know then you have that everyone pretty much has to go to you so those are big ones on the big level but on the small level you know the opportunity to apply technology and brain power is enormous you know anything that could uh, add to you know any aspect of the whole process whether you know it's the drying or or manufacturing or all these deep, different things, like for example, like when we saw in Idaho the spray machine, you know, you basically are cutting down on the biggest cost, which is labor. You know, labor. Yeah. So any, you know, little the form boards or you know just little things, you know. As, you know, as the cliche always is, says, uh, you know, the gold rush was so much money, but the real money was on all the little things that go along with it. The tools. I think yeah. this, this is to- totally applicable when it comes to 
hemp in general, but hemp construction mm. big time, you know? Right. And and, yeah, and, and crossing mater- materials, whether that's, you know, using bamboo or coconut mm-hmm. in hempcrete or activated carbon in cement or in other materials. So stuff right. like that, you know, brain Yeah, power. finding materials <laughs> that work well with hemp. Totally, yeah, congealing mm-hmm. and focusing the brain power, applying different technologies. One of the biggest ones mm-hmm. right now you said is financing institutions or, or funding for processing equipment or manufacturing equipment or just right. refining the process, looking at each segment of the process of building with hemp and seeing what tools uh, can be created to make make uh, make it even more efficient, it sounds like. Yeah, like if you, for example, if you had the money, you know, you could uh, buy one of these plants uh, that is doing this hemp wood, $8 million, you know, plop it in the middle of the Central Valley and just, you know, as much as you could produce, I'm sure it's as much as you could make at this point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, man, I've really enjoyed our conversation just kind of as a a parting comment and to turn people on to the U.S. Hemp Building Association. There is an opportunity to become a a member of the organization, which uh, my beloved Hemperus and I have already done. We're really excited to be a part of the USHBA uh, organization, and we're going to be doing some really amazing things when it comes to education and advocacy. Um, what What is your vision for the next, like, five years with USHBA, and what do you see this uh, association accomplishing in, in that time frame? I think that we are going to build an army of the new way of the economy, you know, and I think really, again, it's just facilitating this economic opportunity and um, I, I can't imagine, I mean, it could be so powerful and it's so needed, but, you know, with all these different boxes that it checks, it really is important to me to just time-wise be, you know, as quick as possible. So I hope in five years it's like another world we're living in. You know, that it's my goal to make it, in a lot of cases, illegal not to be using hemp. You know, I think California certainly needs to pass something like that ASAP with our, all our fire and earthquake problems. So, I yeah, love it. I, that's my vision, you know, take over well, everything. <laughs> build the world's greatest empire. Well, I really yes. appreciate your presence and just everything that you've done, Dion. You're a good friend and a good man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and look forward to making it hempen with the USHBA and building hemp houses around the world. So thank you so much for this awesome content. And for our listeners, go to ushba.org and sign up to become a member or get involved in whatever way you can to help spread the word. If you have any specific questions for uh, myself, you can email support at hempaware.com. Or um, if you need to get a hold of Dion, Dion, do you have a contact for people to reach out to you? 
Yeah, my email is cannabismedia at gmail.com. Perfect. And I, well, thanks you so know, much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, buddy. Well, you all have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to Hemp Aware Radio, the hemp education station for every nation. This is your hemptrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, and I'll catch you on the next show. Have a great day. Peace out, everyone.